we are recording. Recording with in progress. Mr. James Catullus and of course Dave Collum, both who've been on here several times before, and uh, they haven't met each. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply each other in person but to be fair i have met almost none of my guests in person um but for everybody listening today is monday march 27 2023 at 6 4 p.m eastern time guys if you want to support the podcast click on the little red button join locals promo code tommy you can get free shit um but yeah so y'all have been following each other since 08 which i guess is kind of like going into world war ii remembering each other from world war one y'all are veterans <laughs> It might have been 2011, but it, it's, it's been a, a long time mutual Twitter following. So it's good to, to like see your face, Dave, if not quite meet you. Yeah, shave my ass, walk backwards. Um, <laughs> what? That's the old phrase, shave your ass, walk backwards. Fair enough. Sorry, I'm posting the uh, live link. Um, yeah, so, I mean, James came on last week. And we talked a little bit about SVB, and I think since that time or two weeks ago, whenever he came on, um, I think – Deutsche Bank is going down now or has gone down. Is this Credit Swiss? Credit yeah, Credit Swiss. Yeah, Tom Luongo was just on here the other day, pretty much saying it's all fucked. Um is it gonna continue to just domino? Or is there is there a savior or are we just getting ready for like, hey, we're going into 08 again, buckle up. Or I say it's a point yeah. flip at this stage, right? I mean, you've had Basically, the Fed has unwound about 50% of quantitative tightening and eased all of that liquidity um, back in the market. You know, so for what it's worth, it, it seems the Fed is actually trying, you know, to save the banking system and uh, follow the playbook for the portions of, of 08 that worked, for example, with, with SVB, wipe out the stockholders, wipe out the bondholders, guarantee depositors, um and sell the remaining assets to a bank that was less irresponsible um so that worked really well with washington mutual um you know back in 08 you know and i think one of the big problems in 08 was they really took like a roulette approach to each successive bank failure there was no consistency so it's like wamu was the svb playbook um and, and Bear Stearns was kind of similar, right? Like forcing a sale. Lehman, they're just like, ah, just let Lehman go down. Who cares, right? And then they were forced to basically go back um, to, to not even a sale with Morgan Stanley and Goldman and, and just did a you know, straight bailout of them both directly. And actually one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that Goldman, Morgan Stanley actually got the biggest bailout via the CDS guarantee of AIG, where they had the credit to fault swaps, they guaranteed them up to par, right? So like like both of those banks got more money from the AIG credit to fault swap bailout that they did directly. And you know, all I gotta say is Morgan Stanley lucked out in, in terms of meeting the bailout on the same day as Goldman did, because you had your, your ex-Goldman Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson was the one who uh, went that way. Dave. And, and let us not forget that they essentially stole AIG because uh, this is what a lot of people don't know, or maybe it's wrong, but, but AIG's derivative group 
was legally cordoned off from AIG, the insurance company. And and they basically rolled the two together and, and took them both, which is why Hank Greenberg actually sued the feds for the bailout. And I don't remember the outcome of that, but but I think it was um I think it's it was Stockman. the feds and win. So I'm guessing he lost. Yeah, I am too. Um, but my understanding is, is that literally there was about a 15 man derivative group and they were the source of the problem and they were legally ring fenced. But the Fed doesn't care about the whole legally part when push comes to shove. Uh, I'm a little concerned about sort of MF global repeats going on here. I, I think that we had that. We had FTX. That was the that was MF global part two. Well, I view that as a Ukrainian money laundering scheme. So that there's, you know, it, it, that's getting geopolitically very strange. Yeah. Um, and and so um, I, I, I'm getting strange effects. I'm picking up little stuff like I, my credit card. They just lowered my credit limit, which is an interesting thing because they said because you never reach it. And I remember back in 08, they were scrambling to lower credit limits left and right because they wanted to, to lower the total amount of credit exposure, which I believe is either to protect against people grabbing a pile of credit, or maybe there was a legal argument for why you have to have a lower credit exposure. But, but so I have 20,000 on my credit card. I never carry a balance and they want to drop it. And that tells me shit's happening. Bad things are going on behind the scenes. They want to prevent people from grabbing it because what people That's right. do in situations like this is draw all your credit lines. Okay, because mm -hmm. if you're dealing in a in a stressful uh, systemic risk type environment, okay, even if you don't need the credit, if you got the line, take it, and then you got the cash, not the bank, right? Mm -hmm. By lowering your credit limit, they're preventing you and everybody else you know, from doing that. And, and that's sort of like a bank run, right? Like when everybody draws credit at the same time, um, you know, the banks are, are forced to come up with that cash um, to, to pay out on those credit lines. Hmm. So what's, what's different this time, I think, is the that- last the, words of every crisis. Right, I know, um, that's exactly right. Um, is they're boxed in by inflation now. So so the heroic measures that they did before, it's not to say they can't do them again, but they're going to have a lot of splaining to do, as they say, because because you say, OK, we're going to throw the currency under the bus now overtly. Right. Um, and the other thing I was wondering about, there's supposed this massive mortgage back, you know, credit out there, huge corporate debt. It doesn't look as frothy as it did in 07, 08, 09, right? Because you had all the 125% loans and stuff. So that just looks silly. It was like meme stocks of that era. But but you also have huge real estate portfolios by guys like Blackstone and BlackRock, and 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 they could decide they got to liquidate them. Hmm. Is that a concern? I mean, I, I think if we got to start worrying about BlackRock and Blackstone, who are systematically important financial institutions and you know multi-trillion dollars um and combined aum i mean the whole system is, is well but what about if we're not worried about them I mean, and the companies no. but rather the real estate liquidations so they could dump their real estate portfolios which i think are enormous 
I mean, I, they could conceivably, strategically, I don't see that happening. I see okay. them actually being distressed buyers here. Um, but, you know, normal people who, you know, financing has not been easy it, you know, since 08, unless you're, you know, you're a W-2 employee, you know, making seven figures a year. Um, you know, I mean, I live in Miami Beach, which is, you know, one of the, the frothiest real estate markets on earth, but with good reason, given like the tax, regulatory and freedom advantages here and just the massive economic growth we've seen here. And, you know, you've actually seen the luxury market um, accelerate through what's been happening as people with excess cash are like, well, if I don't trust the banks, I'm going to buy luxury real estate. Mm. You know, this is finally my catalyst to get out of New York or California or other high tax states and paying up on the real estate is a one time um, cost that they'll probably get back on resale, but then they get the annuitized benefits of living here. And that's not paying up 14.6% or so incremental state plus city tax in either New York or California. I mean, most expensive apartment in the world just went on sale in New York just in the last month or so, $250 million. Good God. It's like 100, I 131st I floor. I holder. I mean, New York has become, and it was used to be my favorite place on earth, and it's just, I cringe every time I have well, to they, go there. Now. They say half a billionaire's row is empty. It's just it's just people holding or hiding assets. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the my my buddies in London has a great quote about New York, and he's like, "Nowhere else on earth does such concentrated wealth tolerate living in abject <laughs> swamp." That yeah. was before COVID. It's gotten worse. Yeah, uh, it's really disgusting there compared to you know South South Florida. I mean, you can see why every sane business owner in america and even abroad is is moving here new york central park tower the triplex penthouse 250 million dollars on the 131st floor yeah and i think the you also have you have spiking crime and stuff too right oh I mean, it's awful well i mean and that yeah. building is probably i think it's like bulletproof and you're you know a quarter mile up so they're fine no no but you still got to go out no you got to go out in the world though so i was driving i went to a hedge fund founders dinner last year, which I don't remember founding a hedge fund, but there I was. Um, and and I got run into by a bike gang and I didn't know what was hitting me. And so all of a sudden these guys are smashing up against my car. Oh my and and, and I, I, I realized that that's the moment when I said you should have taken Spanish in high school. Um, and and I thought I must have driven into a road race or something, but it's just these these kids who go out on the road and take over the road and 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 won't give it back until they're ready. Hmm. And they'll take over the West Side Highway. They'll take over, and I didn't realize how close I was to getting you know yanked out of my car, beaten to a pile of crap, um, if they decided to, because it's it's kind of lawless a little bit there. And so I'm in no rush to go it's back. Worse. I mean, I, I have five close friends who've been physically violently assaulted there. Um, That's a lot of close I friends. That's, That's a problem. Yeah. Which so I anyway, mean... back to the banks. We're oh, yeah. A little bit of the, the general decay of, of uh, the uh, blue cities. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, then, uh, well, I mean, it is kind of interesting then. Well, if people are still buying those, is it that the people that are buying those penthouses are so beyond beyond imagination in terms of wealth that it's whatever they don't care what the depreciation is and that they're not going to live in new york they'll probably never set foot in there they'll probably never go in the penthouse or is it could it be indicative that 
the banks are failing and people will still, despite the spikes in crime, will still buy those things up because it's their, like you said, about kind of a run on credit. Could this be a sort of run on physical real estates and assets? Well, well, you definitely have money moving out of banks and into crypto, into to real assets just over the last month, right? Like I think I saw something today saying like about 120 billion has left the regional banks, 67 billion has gone into the uh, the big four. Well, do the algebra, right? That leaves about 50 billion. Where's that going? And I mean, you know, Bitcoin has you know done very well since this has happened. Um, you know, re- real estate has definitely stayed strong in Miami. But if you look at, at stuff like New York, like why, you know, there are people who do have long term views that New York will come back. I, you know, I'm not so sure if it'll ever, you know, re- you know, hit its previous pre-COVID highs. But uh, if the money's coming out of China, if it's coming out of Venezuela, you know, those buyers aren't just American, right? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, if you're getting it somehow out of capital controls or um, they're doing some kind of swap out of some, you know, foreign account in order to buy it. Um, you know, people are willing to take big haircuts to get money out of uh, uh, some of these foreign banking regimes. Dave? Uh, well, I, I can't add much to that. I still think, though, that, um, again, the absence of froth this time is noticeable, the retail froth, but... Um, can, but we just we just doubled the costs of a mortgage. Can, and my understanding is that most people, when they go in to get a buy a house, the realtor says, OK, how much is your income? How much do you have? How much equity do you have? And here's what you can afford to buy. And if that number is now half of what it used to be, it seems to me we can't possibly avoid a real estate bust, a retail residential real estate bust, for example. Oh. Outside of the top end of the market, I think. I mean, you know, one thing- Yeah, top end is just this never, never land. I mean, top end, I mean, you had 13 years of QE and then trillions of dollars worth of COVID stimulus. And that was all all of it, ultra concentrated in the top 1%. So you can't underestimate how much free cash um, the ultra rich have right now. And, you know, and that includes like the Blackstones and the Blackrocks too. Right. So right. one of the big, arguably terrible societal trends of the last 10 years is how much real estate nationwide has been bought up by, you know, the Blackrocks and Blackstones and, and their ilk. And that has become rental housing. And that's, you know, one of the reasons mm-hmm. rents have soared so much too, is that, you know, people find, you know, financing became so much more difficult post 08, and then you've got all this easy credit for institutional buyers to just buy the stuff up for almost no cost to carry um, and then just keep jacking rents. Um, and, and when you say no cost to carry, I, I, I read somewhere Blackstone was getting its money at 0.15%. And and so if you can- no. Sorry if I wasn't- No, 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 I know. But, but I think the, the average person might think no means 2%. It means, it means no, it's basically, yeah. as you said, it means none. 0.15% is, is the cost of, you know, mailing and stuff like that. That's nothing. So, um, could, could yeah. one of y'all, uh, for, you know, knuckle draggers like me, could you guys just describe or define, uh, froth, frothiness? Because overall, it's like excess, right? It's just it, bubble economies. Like, you know, when Bitcoin's at 60,000, like everybody and their brother is buying Lambos, right? Okay. 
So, so Aquanauts were selling at four times retail. Like that's froth. So then is is that is that good that there's not as much pre-all frothiness as 08 for the again the peons like me who don't understand yeah, this. Yeah, but we we've, we've seen a lot of froth as recently as last year, right? So I mean the Fed hikes have I think cut off a lot of the froth outside of, you know, the super rich but i mean there's still a lot of froth like i was at the palm beach boat show this weekend and you know there's a lot of yachts on sale you know 50 75 million right like you know there's a lot of big money that's still you know being slung around but yeah. it's it's quiet yeah so then what is this the calm before the storm is this kind of like a ptsd a lot of people are fearful of 08 and it's that you mean, and could that itself have a positive effect if people maybe kind of tiptoeing into this, or is this more of a glaciers moving? Like, yeah, once they start, they don't stop for anything. They'll bulldoze a mountain. Like, what what is this systematic risk? Right. You you look at uh, some of the best indicators, and it's something like they've predicted eight out of the last five collapses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are so the, yeah. you have big warning signs, but every time those warning signs flash doesn't necessarily mean what you know, you're going to collapse. But, you know, th this is the fastest rates have ever been risen, right? And I think, the like, in, in 08, you had everybody get caught by overreaching for the CDO paper that was, you know, packaged as, you know, double A, right, even though it was really junk. Um, you know, this time, it's this duration mismatch seems to be the common thread um, in all these bank failures. Um, yeah, and, it, and it, it's bad and it looks pretty pervasive. And it, it looks like a lot of this was unhedged and all these banks were counting on, on the Fed put, but the Fed has come out with the Fed put and they've eased 50% of quantitative tightening back in, right? So, you know, the big question is, is that enough to, you know, stop it, right? I mean, Paul, you know, backed off the gas a little bit and, you know, only hiked uh, 25 basis points instead of 50 last time. Um, you know, if they were to flip to easing, right, who knows, we could, we could go back to all time highs and equities, maybe, right? A few, you know, because like macro traders have been begging for a Fed pivot now for like six months. Um, you know, so if you, if you went back to easing, you know, maybe, maybe it fixes everything. But I think what it's really going to come down to what kind of Dave alluded to earlier is the choice that now, since we're in this inflationary environment, you know, do you save the dollar? um you know or do you say the financial system hmm. um and and the other i think the third factor that we're seeing right now is just this this attack on crypto right like the sec and cftc after you know they both left let the fox at the hen house with ftx all of a sudden you're seeing massive enforcement action on every crypto firm everywhere in the world Right. And I think it's notable that a lot of these big bank failures were Coinbase on ramps. And then right after you see Coinbase having to change banks three times in two weeks, um, that then they get served a Wells notice, too. And then you've got the SEC not even telling them what What's securities that? that they allegedly have listed. What's a Wells notice? A Wells notice is is the SEC saying that we intend to bring an enforcement action against you. Gotcha. Means you're screwed. Means yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Mr. Kerrigan. We'd like to talk to you. All right. Gotcha. That's right. It's when the FBI shows up on your doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they say, "Can we talk to you?" And I say, "Absolutely not." Um. 
then how do we get out of this? Is it, I mean, do you just absolutely destroy the dollar in the short term? Do you do some giant, you know, domestic construction or something? Uh, do you just let the collapse come? Or do you just uh, get out of it with a good old war? Do we just go, screw it, it's time to not to not to put on the geopolitical hat, but Dave, you're, all, you're very good at this. Do, do you just kind of launder it through a war? Uh, I think the Ukraine war is going to end soon. I'm not talking about so, that. I'm talking about us going to war with like oh, China okay. or some shit. Um, well, they, they could go to war to hide what's happening. That's what I mean. Um, I My gut feeling on this is uh, the third parameter is Fed, is, is Powell's sense of legacy. And so he has to decide whether it has to be Arthur Burns or 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 Paul Volcker. And I don't I, I just don't think it's wise to underestimate what some aging guy who 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 who's trying to decide whether to be the douchebag who let inflation get out of control or the guy who served up the tough medicine and, and dealt with the inflation. And I he has used the word pain too many times when he was asked, for example, by uh, one of the squad, Rashid Taleb or whatever, um, about the, the the financing costs to the government by his high rates. He said, it's not my problem. And he, he really said it that brutally. Yeah. It, was a, it was a real screw you moment, in my opinion. I didn't think social media picked up on it. I, I, I thought I thought that was a huge statement. He's going, that that's on you guys. And to me, that was more, um, I'm not going to pivot language. And so I think Powell, it's been my theory all along that Powell was going to try to be Volcker. Absolutely. And, I, and I've met both of them. I got to spend a lot of time with Paul Volcker, um, you know, in, in kind of his, his waning years. And I, I met Paul in 2017 at the IMF uh, annual meetings. And Paul absolutely wants to be Volcker. I mean, that's what he views his role as. Role at. So if, if he has a choice, you know, save the banks or, or break inflation, um, it, it's, it's my view he's going to be hawkish. And and he's got some, quite some time back, Stephen Roach wrote an article that said that Powell's looking like Arthur Burns. And that has to sting. And then, and then uh, Summers jumped in and said the same thing. So I jumped in and started a three-way email with the two of them just to see if I could get something going. And they basically, um, Roach's response was um, that the landing, a soft landing would be like trying to land on an aircraft carrier in a typhoon. That was Roach's analogy. So the question is, does is Powell really ready for the pain and and if 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 regional bank disturbances is considered pain, then people don't understand, right? Real the real pain hasn't even started in this process. We're we're not even close to the pain, right? Remember the implodometer and you know every every Friday you'd see this list of banks who are being swallowed. I, I would say that's the kind of pain that it won't be the same, of course, but that's the kind of pain I think we've got to go through. I think we got to go through the valley of death for Powell to. Uh, to achieve what he would like to achieve, I think. Yeah, and, and then you've got the other, you know, major societal factor is, I think, you know, this administration desperately um, wants a central bank digital currency. They do not like criticism um, and, uh, you know, bank collapse 
um, and needed stimulus is the perfect Trojan horse for getting one. Um, and I mean, they, from what I understand, it's ready to go. I mean, Treasury reached out to me personally in 2017 to talk about stable coins and whatnot. And I am by far not the, the leading expert on this stuff. So, I mean, they've been looking at this a long time. Um, you know, this administration has very much China like tendencies. They hate criticism. They love authoritarianism. And I think the ability to freeze wealth for, for dissidents like Trudeau did uh, about a year ago mm -hmm. with for who, who donated to the trucker convoy via GoFundMe, I think that's absolutely on the, the radar by the administration. So if, if they could, you know, cause, um, you know, if they could stop inflation while simultaneously making people totally afraid of the banking system and using that as an excuse for in, you know introducing a central bank digital currency um i mean the chips are lined up pretty nice for that with with the simultaneous attack on crypto but does pa powell doesn't support the digital currency does he or am i getting that wrong i mean he's talked about it um well yeah yeah um the other sense i have if i were powell i'm gonna i'm gonna walk around in powell shoes and I'm trying to get control of inflation and I'm trying to get control of uh, of of uh, asset bubbles. Right. Because he he definitely wants to terminate the Powell put, I think. Right. He he, he I, I think he wants to blow this thing up, not necessarily in a messy way, but he he would love to deflate this bubble. And he's achieved nothing with respect to that. Um, I would be looking at Congress and the president and all the stupid crap they do and saying, you're not helping me at all. So your Ukraine exploits aren't helping, your 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 climate change initiatives that are masses inflation fighting aren't helping me. And so my personal bias is that, that Powell has no love loss for the administration. I wouldn't if I were him. How's that? That's how I'd put it. We, we know what your views are, and I, I think all three of us are in line of our views on the administration. No, but, 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 but the administration includes Congress, right? These guys are spending like drunken sailors in a period when Paul. So I, I actually think our problem, our inflation problem is, is, a, is a government spending problem at this point. Now, you know, guys who talk about inflation of your always say that, you know, Milton Friedman says that, right? Things like that. But now I think it's very real. Because Powell's doing quantitative tightening. These guys are throwing hundreds of billions of dollar bills oh, around yeah. the world. And and that would just drive me nuts if I were Powell. I'm going, stop with the spending, guys. Stop with the handout. Stop with the free giveaway. Stop sending money to Ukraine. Forget about what it's for. Just stop, right? And I, well, and that's been, that was the big flip of, of Republicans post-Reagan is that they got on the free money trade, too. And, I know, totally. And that's where people go with the uniparty is that there are, is no fiscal conservatism um, anymore, right? I mean, like George W. Bush spent an absolute that fortune. terrible. Trump spent a fortune, but, you know, I mean, it's it really, I think these, the two post-COVID stimulus, like, you know, maybe the, the first couple justifiable, but, you know, that last couple trillion that's just thrown out, like, you know, the Build Back Better stuff, um, mm -hmm. I mean, that really uh, broke the camel's back. Yeah. And um, 
real quick, I I have to I have to give James an out if he wants it. I, I know you said you had to run at six thirty. We can keep chatting if you want. I just wanna I wanna give you an out. Uh, I could I could say another like seven minutes. Okay. Um, then is this very simply because as of this recording, March twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, is there an out where you just go? I'm not running for re-election. Peace. And for Biden? Yeah, and that's for, for now, if we're looking at personal, what do you care? I mean, just dip out. 2024, hey, I'm out of here. Take it. Somebody take it. I'm out. I mean, Biden, like, barely knows his own name. I well, mean, I mean, like, he's obviously, uh, right. he's, he's not, in, I mean, the guy, the guy's, it's senility, and it, it's sad. I don't like him, but it's sad. I mean, in terms of, I mean, like, the- not senility. I mean, it's, it's full-blown dementia, right? No, he's not there. He's not there. What I mean by Biden, that placeholder, the people in that administration, everyone, do you just kind of go, hey, Biden's old, and they start saying things that everyone else has been saying for years. He's old, and maybe he's not all there, and, you know, we had a good run, four years, peace, and then you just take your Secret Service detail and get out. Well, I mean, you've definitely seen some of the mainstream media turn on him in a kind of coordinated fashion between yeah. like classified document scandal, Hunter. Like yeah. there was no criticism at all, right? And and they've been laying the groundwork. It's just I don't know who you replace them with. I think in the, the last primary poll, like Michelle Obama was polling like seven percent as the number two behind Biden. So I, I think his puppet masters, um, you know, all they care about is their power. They don't care about this poor guy with dementia and don't get me wrong he's a horrible human before he had dementia oh, sure. that, yeah. that, that still out, right but i mean at this point like he's not calling any shots yeah uh, so i think you know they're content to let him you know be out there embarrassing himself and weakening the country as long as they get to keep power well, it's, right but it's like in the military i just don't know how they win um you know a general with you know, if, if it's him versus Trump, they could they could play the anybody but Trump card again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they're all indications look like there was you know mischief in the elections, albeit Trump's legal team did an awful job of you know articulating that, sure. you know, approving it. So I, I don't know if you see um, you know more questionable voting practices you know in the big cities. But I mean, the Dems, you know, they don't look good in 2024, but they don't look good in 2022. And I mean, they, you know, they did pretty well in the midterms by, you know, whatever means. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like in the military where someone has to take the blame. And often, even if the person's innocent, but they died, that's the blame. You launder it. It's done. Are they just looking at it like let Biden's the sponge, let him take it all. And then we go, hey, he's old. And you kind of well, wash think- your hands of it. I think the Dems have two problems here. One is, besides not having a bench at all, and by the way, I'm seeing a pretty good bench for the Republicans. I'm starting to see names surface that I kind of like the looks of, even though we know they're doing well, That's one of our problems. The Republicans have too good a bench, right? Yeah, right. It's like they're already sniping and trying to destroy each other, where the Dems are right. But I also think, um, first of all, I think this presidential election cycle spike that people are hoping for, they're dreaming. I, I think I think this crisis that we're worried about is not going to wait for for 2025 i i i think i think we are going to have one that's the mirror image of the normal election cycle where it sort of spikes in the last year and a half leading in the election i I don't think they control at that level second of all i don't think they want biden out yet because i don't think anyone wants kamala being an incumbent and 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 if she becomes uh, the, if, is the only person who wants Kamala in the whole world, 
That's right. But the problem is if, if Biden had to step out now, she would be the incumbent and that would pose a problem for the Democrats. So I think they want Biden to hang in there no matter what so mm -hmm. that she doesn't derive strength from having been president of the United States. Yeah. So, I don't know who they're going to run in, in 24. And Newsom. Someone wants Hillary again. Right? Newsom. 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 Could be I Newsom. Mean, Newsom is so, he's so awful. Are, I mean, God, he is awful. It could, he's awful. It could be Newsom. He's it's like he's got good hair, I guess. But, you know, that's. Oh, he's a great looking guy. Oh, he's, he's a great looking guy. I mean, he is. He's a demon incarnate. But, I mean, great looking guy. I'll give it to him. But, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they want him. I don't think they want Biden. I'd have to disagree with you, Dave. I don't think they. I think they are packing it all on him. They're they're putting everything on his credit card, and then they're saying he died. And you know, there goes the you know, you just swallow the bill. That wasn't us. He's gone. Somebody else is coming in, and they could even rail on him. And... Well, but but it's a tricky swap, though, right? Unless sure. they want to just hand over the whole thing to the Republicans and say we'll get it next time. I don't mean like incumbent Kamala. I mean they. They're both we're done, and then some new face comes in from the left and goes, and then you could still pull the you know anything but orange man, and I guess you'll see how strong that sentiment is if the dollars completely collapse and you have a repeat of 08, Just how bad is orange man? We we don't we'll see how committed. I'm yeah. not convinced Trump's running. Completely collapse narrative. Like people have been looking at that since 2009, right? Talking about how QE would lead to the ultimate collapse. So as long as our military is serviceable. Um, that's not going to happen because that's what's really backing it. But I mean, the Biden administration has done a lot to weaken the military. I mean, like, you know, the Afghan withdrawals, like unmitigated um, global embarrassment, right? I mean, the, you know, the whole focus on, you know, trans flags rather than, you know, troop readiness. I mean, it's I, just, I think we're starting. I think that. Uh, the mask is falling off more and more. And I think everyone's starting to see that it all comes down to everyone's thinking the same thing. Well, military is well, still good, right? I mean, the faith in all institutions has been weakened. Like, look at the CDC, right? Like, you know, like in the, the 80s and 90s, people looked at like the CDC, like they were like godlike messiah. And the FDA, mm. the FDA, all, same thing. All, basically, all of the government has been exposed, right? But it's, you know, they still, I mean, you know, Trump has shown that, uh, um, you know, the deep state is absolutely real. Right, like Elon has shown the collusion with Twitter for censorship of anybody who's against vax mandates, right? Um, you know, so so the the concentrated power that that Eisenhower warned about is mm -hmm. is there, it's real, um, and that's what they care about. They don't care about American strength; they care about staying in their own power. And you know, look, the Bidens have received looks like hundreds of millions of dollars from China, yeah. right? So. Um, you know, they are intentionally, you know, or whoever's pulling the strings there is intentionally weakening, you know, this country. And it's been, it's been sad to watch. So, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. to me, it all looks like they're trying to bring the, the, the West. A controlled collapse. We'll own nothing, be happy, have a CDBC, and we're eating bugs. I yeah. mean, like that, that's what they want. And we're speaking Chinese in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's less and less absurd to assume that, that it's being defined, but, or being set up and it's a controlled implosion. But in terms of kind of hoping the military is still giant, I think, I think maybe, and this is me putting on the tinfoil, I think maybe we're starting to see the real power structure that's been there since Eisenhower. And it makes me think of this Frank Zappa quote. 
The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to, to, to continue the illusion. At the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will just take down the scenery. They will pull back the curtains. They will move the tables and chairs out of the way, and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. I think I've, I've I think we're that one. I think we're starting to just see the machine for what it is, and it's like, hey guys, it's not that it's in power; it's that you're starting to see what's been running the show since November tw- 1963. It kind of seems and, like that. And honestly, like as the stuff gets exposed, like you know the FT- FBI collusion, you know Twitter, they're just like, mm. yeah, well, that's like, what I mean. Fine, no one's getting charged. That's right. what I mean. Is because we're catching them. We're going. We got you. It's like I always use this. I always use this example. It's like the first time I got caught drinking, and you know, I, I you know, got arrested, and my dad came and picked me up at three in the morning, and I'm 17, and I'm trying to convince him. That's the first time I've ever drank beer, and he's just looking at me like, "Do you think I'm fucking stupid?" No, it's the first time he got caught, and I think that's what it is. Is they're getting caught, but they've been running the show for decades, and that's why they're just kind of like, "Eh," because it's not new. It's not yeah. the first time. Now they're pounding crypto. Like the CFTC just charged, uh, you know, Binance today. Like, I mean, it's it's just, it's fast and furious, you know, all these enforcement actions. And, uh, um, you know, my buddy, Manasa Cawthorn, he always says the government has a monopoly on two things, you know, violence and money, right? And, you know, Canada has showed, it's like, okay, let's get rid of the guns and let's seize the assets of people who donate to the opposition, right? And I mean, that's that's the commie playbook. Um, and you know, we're not quite there yet, but you know, if you're paying attention, that's what the, the stage has been set. So, you know, we're, you know, they're showing so, us the brick wall. Yeah. And it, it's hard, it, you know, it's hard to fight back because you know, the amount of, of stuff the government can throw at you if you piss them off is, is staggering. Yeah. And the frequency, right? So, so, so you can start fighting them on something you can you can get revved up and within a week there's a whole new thing that's a colossal disaster so so so, you know ukraine is a great sort of view under the skirt where you you look at all the corruption involved in this whole ukraine narrative and Mm -hmm. and 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 one of the problems we have right now is we got a president who's so compromised that when he makes a decision that seems absurd, you you know that there's a potential terrible conflict of interest there, right? You know that, but how would they say six million bucks from China coming in the Biden family just in the two out of several hundred bank transactions that were considered sketchy? They haven't even scratched the surface of the Biden family bank transactions. Six million bucks. Well, if I'm the intelligence community, I, I like that. I go, yeah, I, we, we I have know, blackmail but the, on you, and now you're going to push through our agenda, or we're going to. But so you. does Ch- so does China. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking at pure Machiavellian. If I'm looking at him, I'm looking at all the money from China. I'm going good. We'll expose you for treason if you don't push through our defense spending bill or our whatever further erosion of civil liberties. So they they probably like that. I would imagine. Well, yeah. Whatever. James is running for president next year, everybody. I want to break the news here first, and uh, I'm looking forward to Cthulhu. James, who do you like for president? Catullus Column, 2024. Oh, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I like whoever wins the Republican primary. Fair but, enough. But how about Vivek Ramaswamy? So I, I haven't met him yet. Um, I really talked to him. I've heard some good things, but I, I can't say I'm, like, educated on his uh, I don't trust him. His positions. He seems sneaky. He seems slippery. Just my personal opinion. Not that he's saying the right. He's saying the right stuff. That's what I mean. He seems like an exaggerated Trump. Seems like somebody imitating Trump. I think he had a quote. He's like, "China needs to know there's a new daddy in town." 
who says yeah that? but he but he does but he he's much more palatable than trump sure. no sure i mean populace, you know I mean, dude, I'm doing an, I'm doing a podcast from my apartment. Like, I, I'm not I'm not the like the don't defer to me for like an authoritative statement. I, I'm doing this shit on Zoom. Like, I think we're all doing podcasts from our. Apartment. That's a good point. That's a very I'm good, in my office. Thank you very much. All right. Well, cool, cool flex, cool Thanks flex, Dave. Um, on that note, yeah, I'm gonna do the best thing for my health and go play some hockey. But um, I appreciate you having me on, and Dave. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to meet you. Live, great to meet you. Finally, like 12 years later. So well, hey, man. I do appreciate yeah. all the support during MF Global, man. It, uh, it meant a lot to me. Well, thank you, both of you, for coming on here. Guys, in the description, you'll have the links to their Twitters, their Instagrams, all the good stuff. Go follow them. Check them out. They've both been on here before. Go find old podcasts. And, uh, yeah, look forward to doing it again. That It'd be fun to shoot the shit another time. And, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. James, thank you for staying sure. for an extra 10 minutes. That was badass. Dave, till next time, brother. Thank you, you so much, it. guys. God bless. Stay safe out there. Recording Love stopped. each other. Peace.